Hello, Galaxy. Chris Perillo here, not simulcasting a podcast right now, even though I am in my play shop. I have been experiencing bandwidth issues. I originally thought it may just have been YouTube when I started to stream the daily TLDR into the Locker Gnome YouTube channel. TLDR, of course, being TLDR, or the Locker Gnome Daily Report, which a lot of people say they missed, so I brought it back. It's powered largely by Super Chats during the live broadcasts, as well as the subs of mine on Twitch and the patrons on Patreon. Uh, I uh, decided then to potentially take TLDR to Twitch and try recording the podcast there, and it turns out I had the same kind of issues on Twitch as I did on YouTube, which just tells me that the gods are not really on my side tonight. But thank you, everybody, for your, your sacrifice in... And trying to make the bandwidth work in my direction, it just it didn't happen. So I decided to re-record the podcast, and I'm still doing it uh, with the intent on answering questions that either came in through chat or specifically in paying attention to Discord chat. Discord's a service that allows you to set up a chat room if you want or join other chat rooms. You can join the Chris Perillo Cantina chat room 24-7, by either becoming a sub of mine on Twitch, Twitch TV, or sorry, twitch.tv slash Chris Perillo. Easy to do, potentially for free if you connect your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account. Uh, once you've subbed to me on Twitch, make sure you have your Discord account connected to your Twitch account, and the Cantina should show up in the list of chat rooms that you can join in your Discord settings. Another way to join the Discord chat is by heading over to the Patreon campaign, patreon.com slash Chris Perillo. Uh, both patrons and subs get access to the same Discord chat room. And we gained about nine Discord chatters over the past 24 hours. So I know that we have not reached critical mass. I know that we're, we're still a, a ways off. I know that uh, some people may be tired of hearing about it, but here's the thing. The more I talk about it, the more people realize, oh, I could do that too. Yes, you can. You are more than welcome. There's no single topic that dominates the chat room. It's just whatever is. That's what we see, and that's usually how uh, chat rooms go. It's a, it's a relatively safe space too, which I really appreciate. It's not a public chat room, nor will it ever uh, sometimes I'll, I'll throw things into the Discord chat that I, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to cover in any other way or just to gauge interest from people who are in there. And, and granted, right now we only have like maybe 50 or so. Out of those 50, maybe 10 might be active at any given time. Uh, so it's not like you know anything's getting flooded. But uh, I saw this service finally launch. I didn't realize that it was getting set to launch. Movies Anywhere. If you've not yet downloaded it, I'd be shocked because I'm seeing it like dominating my news feeds. Movies Anywhere, free app, web-based, you know, iOS or Android. What it is is effectively what Ultra uh, Violet should have been in the beginning. You know when you buy a, a Blu-ray disc and you get a redeem code and then you can redeem it on the website and then watch the, those movies through an app? It's kind of like that, only not sucky. Because the problem is, when you buy a movie, say, on Google Play, you can't watch it on a device that doesn't support Google Play movie viewing. If you buy a, a movie on iTunes, you definitely can't watch it on an Android device. So what Movies Anywhere does is effectively aggregates, at this point, the top four or five of these uh, providers 
and, and basically gives you one account to rule them all. So if you buy digital movies on Amazon, Google Play, iTunes, Disney Anywhere, it works within it, uh, Vudu, any of these movies, including all your old Ultraviolet movies, will play through in a seamless capacity uh, the movie's Anywhere experience. And this is something that you need to do sooner rather than later. I was uh, a little disappointed in, in, in considering switching platforms outright because I was concerned that the movie that I bought, let's say Les Miserables, and I haven't bought a lot of movies. And for this particular problem and trying to avoid it, knowing full well, like, what if I, for argument's sake, didn't use this platform in the future? I couldn't get to that movie again. It had been money wasted. One of the reasons I like what Disney's doing with Disney Anywhere was the fact that I could buy that movie uh, in, in or effectively you know, license it to be able to watch it on my accounts. Uh, but, but it's kind of like how Disney Anywhere works now. And that's long overdue. Movies anywhere. Uh, that's, uh, that's the one thing that I was going to talk about with everybody today. I would considered doing a whole dedicated video on it. I was going to cover it in TLDR, and that melted down. But uh, you know, ultimately, I know that even if I talked about Movies Anywhere on YouTube, I don't think a lot of people would necessarily pay attention. And the reason why is because most of the videos that might get instant and ongoing engagement have to do with devices. Movies Anywhere doesn't have to do with devices. It has to do with your device independence. I've been a huge proponent for subscriptions for quite some time, especially if I know I want to get to a library of things. So I've been a music subscriber for well over a decade, and I've been able to jump from service to service to service to service to service with minor inconveniences. Like, I don't even get into playing or, or setting up playlists on any given platform. I'm like, I want to listen to Simon and Garfunkel. Click. I want to listen to Limbic System. Click. I want to listen to Weird Al Yankovic. Click. So that's typically how I digest uh, uh, audio. I'm not necessarily someone who consumes podcasts. The, uh, uh, and when, so when I say audio, I mean music for the most part. I would hope that we'd have a similar type of service with movies at some point. Netflix kind of was the dream, and that just didn't pan out. So it's kind of sad. And I know you can rent movies, but, you know, by the time I, you know, am ready to, and I, you know, watch a movie or plunk down, you know, five bucks, then I look and I say, well, wait a minute. It costs $5 to rent for 24 hours, or I can quote-unquote own it uh, if I, you know, spend just a, a few more dollars. I'm like, well, I might as well just, you know, kind of own it. If I don't think it's going to be horrible or it's been recommended, then that's the path I'll take. I mean, because I wish what would happen, and maybe certain services do this, if I, let's say, watched Wonder Woman, which, by the way, I've not yet watched, unfortunately, has not yet happened, uh, I want to be able to apply that rental fee to owning the movie or being able to effectively you know, license the playback for it. That would be nice. That would probably get me to rent a lot more, uh, and especially now with movies anywhere. Imagine that. You know, I go to, let's say for argument's sake, iTunes, and I, I say, I wonder when, five bucks. So I click five bucks. And then if I liked it, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Then iTunes would tell me, hey, spend another 10 and you can watch it indefinitely. I, I would consider that. I mean, especially if I like the movie. There are very few movies I just buy outright. There are exceptions to that rule, largely being tied to uh, like minifigure exclusives, uh, like Lego minifigure exclusives. There are Lego movies in my, uh, um, in my library, uh, now my Movies Anywhere library. 
but the uh, 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 the Lego movie was a movie I think I've already owned. That's a freebie. You get five free movies if you sign up. And I, This is not an ad. They're not paying me to say this. Uh, this is just something that I, I really would want you to know about because I think you, you should know about it. Uh, Lego movie, uh, the Ghostbusters uh, 2016, the remake. Um, let's see here. Ice Age was another one. And there's a couple of others. Oh, Big Hero 6, and then one more. I can't remember. It, was, it wasn't it was one that I was like, oh, yeah, finally I have a copy of this movie, yeah. Uh, but you know what? It didn't cost anything. You get those five movies for free. You, you just connect your accounts to movies anywhere. So that's kind of like a little bonus. Big Hero 6 would be one that I would want in my library, if only because I've already taught Jedi how to do the, the fist bump, ba-la-la-la. She doesn't know what that means yet, but when she sees it in the movie... With Baymax, she's totally going to get it. That's 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 just kind of exciting me. In the Discord chat, we've got a question. Cat 86 asks, What is a good Star Wars book to start with? Uh, depends on your speed. Depends on what you're interested in. Uh, there's so many to choose from. And so many are getting released on a regular basis. I don't know if I have a recommendation outright. I'm more of a comic book fan. Uh, so, you know, if you got... You know, if you picked up a, a comic arc... Uh, you know, a recently published comic arc, one that may be rated well from people who do comic reviews. I would certainly recommend that. I mean, I, I would just tell you all the Star Wars things. Um, but maybe start with comics. They're, they're all considered canon. They're easy to get through. Uh, they're very visual in nature. You also get digital copies of each one of the comics that you buy. You could buy the, the digital version outright, but I believe, well, you know, if I'm going to spend the money, I might as well have a physical copy as well as the, the digital copy to be able to access ad infinitum. Uh, so my recommendation is actually uh, going with the uh, uh, comic series, personally. And there's so many to go with. Even if it's just the self-titled, the, the Star Wars comic series. That's, that's, that's been pretty solid. Pardon, as I took a, a tea-sipping break, I am sipping tea. A tea that I've not had in about a decade. I... Uh, Knew about this, but had completely forgotten about it. it, it until uh, recently, I thought, well, God, I, 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 I'm not really drinking coffee. Can't really keep drinking coffee again. Um, it, it's, it's something that I, I just miss. I miss sipping that kind of hot drink. So it's more like the comfort. It's the, uh, it's the, uh, the, the flow. It's the, the routine. And I, I, I like Genmai Cha. You know, the, the, the green tea or uh, essential leaf with uh, uh, rice. That's been uh, roasted and effectively popped sometimes. Um, I was looking for something a bit different. And I was like, well, maybe I can find this. It's called Ticino. And it's it's very different. Uh, kind of sweet, off, chocolatey. If you've ever tried carob, you know what I'm talking about. It's got carob. Carob is the dominant flavor. And, you know, especially this time of year... It's autumn. I, I like hot beverages. I like sitting on the, the, the deck or the porch and sipping hot beverages. Ticino's it. So I, I may be drinking Ticino now on a very regular basis um, throughout uh, the, the day and, and, and into the night because there's no caffeine in it. But it's got a strong flavor. I picked up a, a hazelnut uh, flavor at the store because I enjoy hazelnut. Um, I don't use any uh, uh, sweeteners. I don't use any uh, uh, cream, obviously, being a whole food plant-based guy. Um, but uh, even non-dairy creamers are not filled with good stuff. But uh, this uh, this is it. This, uh, this, this may be it. 
uh, for me. And then if I want something lighter, I'll go back to my, uh, my Genmai Cha, personally. Louie in the Discord chat asks, what were you saying earlier in the YouTube stream that you heard about the Pixel today that made you really excited? It cut out, and I'd be interested in hearing what that was. Um, it was seeing someone post a, a video, a very unknown YouTuber in the grand scheme of things, uh, but he got a hold of a Pixel XL, so I tuned into his video, and he was showing the software performance. I'm like, dang, dude, at a distance, that looks smooth. You know, and the frame rate of the video is like 24 frames per second, maybe 30, definitely not 60. But I'm like, dude, that looks stellar. And especially, you know, contrasting that against uh, effectively what was my um, uh, 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 experience with the Essential phone in relation to the video I uploaded to the Chris Perillo YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Chris Perillo. Today, talking about the iPhone 10 notch, it's a feature, not a bug. This is something I, I keep hearing people combating me on. Like, well, no, they can fix it in software. I'm like, they're not going to fix the notch in software. It's not even a notch. It's the sensor housing, right? But we've just now started to call it a notch. Uh, if you're not getting it, then it's not your phone either. Did that work? I tried that in the video today, and I'm not sure if it worked then either. Uh, so I, I saw the software performance of the Pixel, and that got me excited. Software performance is everything to me. And in trying the Essential, it gave me a chance to see how a manufacturer can accommodate one of those uh, screen inclusions, a notch, the camera, uh, the front-facing camera on the Essential PH1. Uh, they did a pretty good job, specifically in landscape mode, but it still needs to be further mitigated, and I would want them to address that potentially in software because I think there's a lot of wasted space, and I think they, 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 they make that wasted space but it's just different, and it just looks awkward. They're, they're called safe areas or safe zones on uh, the iPhone ten with their developer documentation. Uh, but even when you take away the safe zones from app developers, uh, you're not left with many more pixels than you might have had on a previous device like an iPhone 8. So I, I'm not sure I, I see the value or validity of losing the bezel. That's the second argument I, I kind of made in the, uh, uh, the the video today that did not get interrupted by bandwidth issues. Um, it, it's uh, It seems to be something everyone's chasing, and I don't know why. I just feel we're sacrificing usability for bragging rights. Uh, what did the bezel ever do to me? Uh, nothing. I, I've never had an issue with it. The only time I ever have an issue with the bezel is when it's got someone's brand stamped on it. I don't want to stare at that. I want to use a nice screen. I want to have a clean experience. So having used the Essential, I can tell you outright, uh, the iPhone 10 notch would drive me up the wall because that the, the, the quote-unquote notch on the Essential is in the way in portrait mode. At least they go as far as to mitigate it in landscape mode. Essential has done that. Apple won't because it's, it's baked into uh, you, you know the, the branding for, for what Apple wants to be. And what it wants to be, you know, recognized for. Well, I, I ain't having any of it. Drunken Old Man, that's his handle there in Discord chat, asks, can you talk about the efficiency in, of ease of completing tasks, getting this done, iOS versus Android? I, you know, I kind of spoke to this in my uh, first iOS versus Android video. Uh, what was it? iOS 11 versus uh, Android Oreo between my Nexus 6P experience and I think the iPhone 8 plus or seven plus experience, which by and large were mostly the same for iOS. 
um, you know, it, it comes down to a flow that you, you, you use. It's not just about having better workflow. It's having an accessible workflow. So for example, like, um, you know, there's certain workflow features that are only available on certain phones, like the Note 8, which I don't yet have, no immediate, you know, uh, plans or, or, or knowledge that I'm going to get one anytime soon, but they got a feature where effectively you can couple apps, so you can do a split-screen app feature and launch two apps at the same time, and that, that's that's a productivity saver. There are times that when I'm simulcasting on Twitch, I want to see Discord chat, and I also want to see a Twitch chat at the same time, and so I kind of have to launch them in conjunction with one another. You can do that on the iPad the iPad Pro. You can't necessarily do that unless, you know, your your other mobile operating system supports it. And iOS to my knowledge doesn't uh support that on uh, anything but uh, but an iPad. And more specifically the later gen iPad Pros. So efficiency comes down to you, what you have in terms of muscle memory, like I got to do this, then I got to do this, then I do this, then over here, then I do that, and then move this. So you you get your patterns you know, down and, and you, you find yourself in those patterns. That is as much a player with efficiency as the operating system's ability to accommodate what it is that you're trying to do. So I'm not sure I can say with any def definity, definity, def with any, with any degree of accuracy, uh, that iOS does things better than Android in, 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 um, in, in a blanket way. That said, I do believe Android has better uh, uh, um, capabilities of helping you become more efficient and proficient uh, when using those devices for a few different reasons. Uh, part of getting things done to me, and this is I'm just going to give you one example, notifications. That's getting things done. On Android, you can more readily uh, take action on notifications in, in one app than you can on iOS. Now, this could be limited to what the developer's done uh, between the platforms and optimization. It could be down to what the uh, platform enables outright. But Notification Center in iOS is an absolute catastrophe. And, and you're not really going to understand that until you see just how good notifications can be when you see them working well on an Android device. Specifically, you know, Android Oreo. And I have to talk about that because it is the latest uh, version uh, of Android. It's one that I have experience with. It's the one that, you know, I, I intend on starting to use on a more regular basis here in the, the coming weeks when the Pixel 2 uh, finally arrives. So, you know, I, notifications are uh, not exactly a deal breaker for me, but I got to tell you, you know, the the shorter amount of time I need to take care of something, the more efficient I am. And I believe that Google's got their head wrapped around that, uh, specifically with how we interact or how we might interact with notifications in Android, in stark contrast to, to how Apple's been mismanaging things. Uh, notification center's a mess. You couldn't, you couldn't explain your way through that disaster, because I've been using it. I know what I do. I'm like, I can't, I can't keep up. Gone. No, I can't. I, everything got mixed in together. I don't need gone. I'll just tap the X and, and, oh, wait, the things above it disappeared too now, but I wanted that notification. Oh. Oh. Now you're getting me frustrated. Do, 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 do I, do I need to say any more about that? I hope not. I want to just keep rolling if I can. Cat 86 asks, and I'm just taking these in order 
on Discord. Pre-ordering tech, is it a good idea or not? Typically not a good idea. Uh, there are exceptions to the rule. I, uh, I learned my lesson with iOS devices, for the most part, in not pre-ordering them after realizing, huh, these are not as good of an experience as they should be. Uh, the iPad Pro that I currently have, which is probably going to be up for sale soon, uh, I bought on-site after seeing that the, the ProMotion display kind of helped somewhat. It did not free me from jank entirely, but I was like, oh, yeah, all right, well, I guess you know it's better than what I have now, and I, there's really nothing else that I would use in its place at this point. And I said that you know when the iPad Pro was brand new. Now I think I know what I may be replacing it with. That would be the Pixelbook. Not to say that they're exact equivalents, because they are absolutely not. Uh, but in terms of my use, in terms of what, how I use it, yeah. So I, I, I did break a rule, and I did pre-order tech from Google. Because I knew if I didn't, shipping times would slip. And the last thing I would want is to know that I would want something and then have to wait. So I, I just kind of I jumped into it. I'm gonna uh, you know uh, keep my fingers crossed. I'm I'm, I'm relying upon uh, what other people that I trust have said about previous experiences and what my eyes see, what my, what what I understand about uh, what they're doing and what they've uh, produced. But you know, from a company that I don't know, mm -mm, no, I stopped uh, crowdfunding technology related products years ago. And I don't mean content. I don't mean, you know, using technology. I don't mean content around technology. I mean, like, you know, buying a new gadget, you know, before it's been made. Bad idea. Um, I, I, I'm not willing to do that anymore. It's just, it, it never turns out well. Very, if it does, it, it's rare. And I've learned my lesson more than once, you know. I am, uh, you know, kind of on the, the edge of potentially setting up a GoFundMe for the Pixel Credits Fund. Uh, where it, when I'm doing the uh, uh, the videos around the pixels, uh, your name if you if you pledge for the GoFundMe to help me cover the cost, so I don't have to go and get a review unit. Um, what I was thinking, and I kind of was talking out loud, is that anybody who donates to basically help me make it happen uh, will effectively get their name scrolling in, in a credit somehow on the uh, uh on the video itself we've just got to figure out how that's going to get done i thought about going to gofundme though uh to set that up so the next question here xenia word in discord also says uh, i'm really thinking of upgrading to just the iphone 7 i upgrade about every other release but not sure the 8 or 10 is worth the investment seems i get what i want or need with just moving up one release to the 7 plus instead that's possible uh, there are certainly differences between the 7 and the 8. Uh, I've talked about them at length. Uh, you know, I don't want to belabor that point. But, you know, if you really believe that the 7 Plus is, is sufficient, or the even the 7, then yeah, I think that's a, a fine choice. I, I, I No one is, is in the right position to tell you that the 8 is clearly a better choice for everybody. There are ways to get some of the 7, or the 8, in the 8 Plus features, even in the 7, I talked about Mophie's solution uh, for inductive charging. It's a case that, you know, I keep on my device. I've got it on the phone I'm using to record right now. Gave me inductive charging probably a little less than a year ago on the iPhone 7 Plus, which is the the number one of the number one features people were looking forward to in the 8. And I'm like, it's kind of old news to me. I mean, I, I had, I thought, a, a fantastic feature and... Uh, the implementation. CSOMAL96 
in uh, Discord chat says, Chris, I never use my iPhone in landscape, so do you think it'll be fine with the notch? Uh, yes, I think it's possible to be fine with the notch. Give me a second. Yes, honey? I'm recording the podcast. If you didn't hear Jedi, she asked for daddy. I uh, will also tell you that it will potentially bother you. I did the video today talking about the essential notch and saying that there's no way I could get used to it unless essential mitigates it in software beyond how it's done it with landscape. Unless they also mitigate it in, in portrait mode in some way, shape, or form, it would just keep me from really wanting to use the, the device on a, a regular basis. It, 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 it's difficult to unsee and it creates a lot of awkward padding in white space or just em empty area that otherwise could have been used for something. And that just, it irritates me. It, it bugs me. In, 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 in landscape mode, it would bug me and probably even more than portrait mode. But portrait mode absolutely uh, bugs me. Everyone's different though. I don't know if it's going to drive you nuts. I can just tell you that I, I can't even consider an iPhone 10 for, for that very reason. It's just, it's a, it's a no starter. Like it's, it's just not going to happen. Camicat86 asks, do you think a Google's Pixelbook will be better compared to Windows and Mac computers than Chromebooks used to be, or is it just a rebrand? Well, I think it's a Chromebook evolved. I mean, it's certainly Google's idea of a Chromebook, like a premium Chromebook. And I like the Chromebook. I have, you know, pretty much for my first experience with a Chromebook. I think the last video I did on the Chromebook was uh, in uh, in the old channel, the Chris Perillo YouTube channel, uh, slagging Microsoft for saying that the Chromebook wasn't a laptop because it didn't run Microsoft Office. <laughs> I'm like, really? That's that's really silly. That's short sighted. That's not even accurate. I got mad. In fact, that video was it sucked. It was horrible because the microphone I used to record that video on my webcam was uh, behind the, the monitor. So the audio on that video and it got so many views and the, the audio was horrible. Oh, it was absolutely horrific. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it'll be better compared to an iPad. Uh, or the average user's need for a Windows or a Mac OS driven computer. Gotta welcome Grumpy. Uh, that's the handle. Uh, has just joined our Discord chat. It's so cool. We get uh, notifications uh, when uh, someone new comes in, which you know I really think is uh, kind of neat. That way we know who's who's uh, who's new, and and people will generally uh, welcome them into the chat room. Uh, Tony Yoon asks question number 519. Can't believe we've gone that far. Although planned obsolescence has not been proven. Sorry about that. I just knocked the phone with another phone. I got too many phones. Uh, when I updated all my apps to be iOS 11 compatible, I still refuse to use it. I'm holding out to 10.3.3, uh, by the way. Or he's holding on to 10.3.3 as an iOS version. Uh, my iPhone went from perfectly fine to super laggy. Is this a way Apple secretly forces you to upgrade to later versions of iOS or forces you to buy new hardware? Literally, the day iOS 11 came public, my phone slowed down. Do you still have any iOS devices run iOS 10.x to confirm? I do not have any of those devices. I went to 11. I basically plugged my nose and plugged my nose and jumped in to iOS 11. And I know there's even an article debunking that Apple doesn't slow your phones down. But but they're looking at the wrong data. They're, they're, they're not understanding that the code quality is precisely hit a, a, a law of diminishing returns. Like, here's the thing. If I get, okay, I've got the Nexus 6P. It's not 
slow, but it's not fast either, not by today's standards necessarily. If I upgraded that Nexus 6P running Android Oreo to the Pixel 2 or 2XL running Android Oreo, I would expect a faster experience, right? Because it's a faster device. You would expect a faster, more fluid experience. And that's, from my understanding, what's happened. But with iOS, you don't. You don't necessarily get a faster iOS experience when you move from a 6S to a 7 or a 7 to an 8. I'm telling you from what I've seen. Empirically, I'm sure you can see the, the synthetic benchmarks telling you a different story, but it's, uh, it's, it's a mistake to believe that Apple's not keeping their eye on performance because they're not. And this is something that, that I believe Apple's you know, done on its own volition. Uh, I'm certainly not going to tow the company line. Sorry about that. I'm getting a little uh, um, air pocket in my throat. Could be the Ticino reacting to the <laughs> mountain of Valentina that I poured over the rice noodles for dinner tonight that I ate before trying TLDR earlier and then uh, recording the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and start winding down. Uh, I am probably going to be uploading this podcast directly to the Discord chat so they can listen to it instantaneously. Uh, I appreciate everybody who was in Discord tonight. All my subs on Twitch, all my patrons on Patreon, uh, all the super chatters there on YouTube. Uh, you, if you're just uh, the regular old listener who just loves listening, I appreciate you too. I appreciate everybody. Um, but uh, you can upload you know, media to the Discord chat uh, and other people can get to it. So uh, that podcast, or this one, will, will be going into the, the chat before everybody else will get it maybe a couple of days after it's recorded. You can get TLDR when we are able to do it as an audio-only podcast. Um, normally it's just a, a public video that's live for everybody, but if you just want the audio, I've made it available specifically for those who support me on Patreon. I love you. I appreciate you, and may the Force be with you.